Blog Talk Radio. www.theclowntimes.net and you can find me on Facebook just do a search for the Clown Times again that's Clown Spill with K you can find me there as well got a lot to get into tonight including um, you know, all things NBA also weekend you know we, we talked about we're going to talk about the, the format of the All-Star Game the Slam Dunk Contest the Three Point Contest as well as give our thoughts on the first half of the season and what we will preview the things to come in the second half of the season. And I'll touch on a little bit on the Houston Astros fall at, at the end regarding the Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred, who pretty much stuck his big-ass foot in his mouth concerning all things um, World Series trophy and, and things relating to the Houston Astros cheating scandal. But anyway, we're going to cap this off with some NBA talk, as promised. I'm going to wrap with... Um, Looks like right now half of the um, duo, like like, like um, a, a, a sports show that I used to go on every other Saturday uh, a couple of years ago, it's called the Weekend Adjustments, and one of the hosts is here to help talk NBA. Uh, Kevin McCune is in the house, and hopefully his partner will come on later on and join us this, this evening. But uh, for now, Kevin, what's going on, bro? How are you? I'm good. How are you, Scott? I'm fair for square and. You know, my day job is prime the hell out of my, my brain cells, but I'm hanging in there. Uh, I, I, things could be a lot worse, but it's all good. How's your summer, quick? Oh, he's doing good. Yeah, he's doing good. He's uh, a lot healthier than, than the last time we talked, so that's good. Great. So is he, he's over a year old now, right? Yeah, he's just shy of 16 months. Hey, you know what, man? I, I don't know if I probably told you this before, but I remember after my son was born, my fraternity brother told me, and I remember the quote almost word for word. He said, my dear brother is going to go by fast. <laughs> so it seems like just yesterday, yeah, it's, you're so like this world, and he is like almost 18 months, man. It's almost a year and a half. So oh, enjoy it's, it, bro. It's crazy. I know you are, but still yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. My, yeah, me and my no wife both work in, uh, we both work in schools, and uh, there's some, she's a school nurse, and there were some students in the office, and I was talking to him the other day, and there's two uh-huh. pictures on her desk, and and he was saying, that, you know, it looks like two different kids, and I was like, yeah, those are both my son, you know, so it's crazy how how fast yeah. it goes and, and how fast they grow. Yeah, hey, check this out. My son is turned turned ten last month, so oh, he's wow. double digits. So <laughs> I'm like, dude, where did the time go? But yeah, I right. mean, hey, one father to another. 
Yeah, it goes by fast. <laughs> it definitely goes by fast. Um, speaking of going by fast, let's talk about the NBA season, brother. It's like we're past the halfway point. Obviously, I, I think we're way past the halfway point. It's like, I guess, I think 52 games have been played or something like that. we got mm-hmm. like probably around 30 games to go or something like that. But it's been a whirlwind season, man, the first half. So let's, let's talk briefly about the first half. Any surprises? That that probably you had as far as like like preseason expectations where the teams have exceeded it, not mm-hmm. not exceeded it, underperformed. But give me your 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 um just a, a quick a run through of who you thought underachieved and overachieved in the first half. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll say this to start out. I'm glad that we're not playing sound bites from uh the show that I was on earlier with you this year where we gave our preseason predictions. Uh, right now, so I, I got a chance to redeem, redeem myself on some of those. Um, nice. I think uh, uh, for me, I think just looking at, at both conferences, I think the Heat have have uh, surprised me. I think I thought they would be a playoff yeah. team, you know, with Jimmy Butler. Right. But some other guys uh, just that have really stepped up for them, um, you know, to make them kind of what they are now. Uh, they got that the one guy Robinson who's. He's played while well. he's in the three-point uh, shooting contest. And then, uh, yeah, Duncan Robinson and then Kendrick Nunn. He's kind of cooled off since the insane start he had to the year. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. as, a co- as a collective, you know, uh, at the start of the year, I wouldn't think that this roster would be fourth. But I think I think it speaks to, one, how great Jimmy Butler is and then also how great of a coach Spolter right. is. Because, you know, you look at the names across the roster and, and there's – like I said, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, these aren't these weren't household names uh before the season started. And then Bam uh Adebayo, he's I mean, just really coming to his own and, and developing into a star uh in his own right and like a right hand man there for Jimmy Butler. So I think the Heat have been a surprise in, in how good they have been. Um I think as far uh just looking at the Eastern Conference right now, uh as far as uh disappointments, um I think I had uh, I had huge expectations for the Sixers coming into the year, and uh, they're sitting right now yeah. fifth in the Eastern Conference at 34 and 21. It's not, it's not bad, but I think just looking at this roster, <laughs> like Embiid, Simmons, um, and Josh Richardson coming in and thinking that he was going to be a perfect complement, Al Horford coming over from Boston, uh, I really thought that they would be, if not the class of the East, you know, up there at least in a top three seed. And so being at the halfway point to see them sitting at fifth, I think is, is hugely disappointing uh, given the roster that they have. Um, uh, in addition to it, uh, I think just individually, some Eastern Conference players, I think Derrick Rose has been a huge surprise. Now, I do think the Pistons might be in tank mode, but just uh, it's just been kind of a bounce back year. And with Rose, I kind of you know thought he was – he was at the point in his career where he was just going to be a rotational guy. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, after trading away Drummond with Blake Griffin hurt, Kennard hurt, um, you look at the Pistons roster right now, it's clear they're tanking. But Derrick Rose, I mean, you could say he's the face of that franchise right now, which I don't think I, I would have ever thought uh, I would ever say about Derrick Rose again. So I think just from an individual standpoint in the Eastern Conference, I think he's been a surprise. Um Going over to the Western Conference, I think the Grizzlies have been a nice surprise. Uh, I think they've yeah. definitely got uh, quite a nice backcourt with with Brooks and John Morant uh, for the future. I mean, um, so they've they've been a surprise. They're sitting right now at that eighth playoff spot. Well, I mean, I, 
I assume the Trailblazers are going to overtake them um, before the end of the year for that spot. You but, think so? Um, I think so. I just think with Lillard and McCollum, uh, I think the Blazers oh. have experience. And um, right now, they're, you're, you look at the record, Grizzlies are sitting there at 28 and 26. Um, and, and Trailblazers are 25 and 31. So, it's, I mean, they're going to have some ground to make up, but really only four games behind them. Um, so they have some time to do it. And I think, too, I think we both kind of talked about the Kings roster at the start of the year. Uh, and I think every year people think yeah. the Kings are a team that can take that next step, and they've just you really continue to be a team that, that has wallowed uh, down in the, at the bottom uh, of the Western Conference. I agree. They're very mm-hmm. frustrated because they got talent. They got Buddy Hill, a three-point shootout champion, by the way, and they, they mm-hmm. got some nice pieces. But I just don't know, dude. It's like, do you think they'll get right over the hump? They always, oh, they almost went over the hump last season in terms mm-hmm. of risk for a playoff spot. But it's just it's just something, man. It's just they can't get right. over that proverbial hump. And I know it's bad for the fans, but – they just got too much talent to stink that bad. I, I totally agree with that. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those, um, are, those are probably but, uh, my biggest surprises. Uh, the Rockets are sitting at fifth in the Western Conference, but I really don't think that's a surprise when you look at the four teams in front of them. I think that right. the teams right. one, two, three, and four in the West, I think those are the teams everybody thought would be one, two, three, and four. No matter what order you thought it was going to be, I think everybody thought the Lakers, Nuggets, and Clippers, and Jazz uh, after what they all did in the offseason would be the, the four teams that would be atop the Western Conference, and, and that's where they sit. So even though the Rockets have such big stars, James Harden scoring an insane number of points this year, uh, Westbrook also doing what he always does, um, them sitting at fifth I think is right where probably everyone thought they would be. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, man, to your point, I, you know, I expect, well, I work backwards. In the West Conference, I expected the Lakers to be up top. I, I really did. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was coming together so quickly. You know what I mean? Because normally if you put a big piece as an Anthony Davis and trade away all those assets that, I mean, I'll be a young assets, but still. The mm-hmm. point is, is that I didn't think it would come together this fast and, 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 right. and, and you know, the shoot right out the jump, just right, right from the opening tip almost saved the loss to uh, the Clippers. And speaking of which, the Clippers are right where I thought they were going to be. I I liked Denver before the season mm-hmm. started, and they're right where I thought they would be in the two spot because you know they 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 got Djokovic, they got Djokovic and a whole bunch of snipers mm-hmm. surrounding them, uh, led by mm-hmm. Jamal Murray at the point. So I really expected them to 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 be very good. Um, Utah they had a slow start, but they're back to where I thought they would be. Houston, to your point, you know you know. The worst is that it's just that it's just so deep. I mean, but Houston's mm-hmm. so talented, and after that trade, they let them so they're so small. They don't, I don't think they used to have oh, a guy yeah. beyond six seven. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, PJ Tucker's their starting center far. right now. Yeah, Tucker's yeah. six five. He's their starting center. It's it's insane. I I, well, I understand the strategy of going small ball, and and Tucker plays bigger than he is. But I mean, we're talking about right. you know. I, the last six five center I remember was, was uh, Eric Hicks at the University of Cincinnati. <laughs> you know, like, as far as a guy that I can remember being that short and playing the center position. Bob Huggins in the house. Um, so you know, it, 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 Houston has an uphill climb, but you know, but they'll be there. One team that shot me aside from Memphis are the Thunder. I didn't think the Thunder mm-hmm. would be competitive. 
let alone if right. in the sixth spot in the West. I mean, that's the 11 games above 500. They're playing well. I mean, Chris Chris Paul has been a godsend for them, albeit in the trade, mm-hmm. but still, like, like for Westbrook, but still. I mean, they're playing way above their weight class right now, and that's a good mm-hmm. thing for the fans. I just don't know how long they'll be able to sustain, sustain it. Uh, as far as the East goes, we all expect Milwaukee to be up top and on top, and Giannis just blazing, just just blazing, awesome trail, man, just just killing it right now. He could be MVP again this year if he wanted to. But one team, mm-hmm. or two teams that that shot me. I agree with your Miami Heat pick because I did not expect for the Heat to to be above sixth place, let alone mm-hmm. in the fourth spot. You know, and they were as high as two at one point. Early, early, like early in the season. I mean, Jimmy Butler has been a man child for us. And, and, mm-hmm. and plus, it, it always helps that you have a coach like Spolstra, Eric Spolstra, being in charge. I mean, it's going to show if you give him at least one superstar, a star player, that he could do some wonders. And he, has, mm-hmm. he and Pat Rob have done a hell of a job in Miami, but kudos to them. But the Toronto Raptors, I did not. I yeah. expected them to be still competitive because I figured they wouldn't roll over after you know uh, mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard signed free agents, a free agent deal with the uh, Clippers and um, you know people left them ex- like like leaving them for dead. But dude, mm-hmm. they won what 15 straight games before they lost uh, the final game into going to the All Star break, and they're sitting in the two spot comfort, rather comfortably in the two spot right now, and. Mm-hmm. If you told me that they would be in the same essentially the same spot as they were at this point last season, I would just laugh at you. Well, actually, actually, a I, I would laugh at you, and b oh God, this will strike you dead <laughs> because I, yeah, I, I did not. Or how about like Pascal Siakam, like event, like just stepping in and like assuming Kawhi Leonard's role and almost yeah. almost be, playing at a Kawhi yeah. Leonard level. I mean, I'm not saying he's there, but I'm saying but, you know he's close. Close enough to where this team's second in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I don't, totally, totally agree with that. And, you know, it just goes to show Toronto is so well run. And I know they get pooped on about, like, you know, being in Canada and, and mm-hmm. being so cold this time of the year. I mean, it's really a beautiful city, man. I mean, Toronto is one of the most beautiful cities I've ever visited. Albeit I visited on the 4th of July. It was warm, but still the point was mm-hmm. I thought it was, I think it's a very beautiful city, and I just think it gets shit, shit it on for like for 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 no reason. Um, but nevertheless, I mean they're they're playing well, and aside from Kawhi, uh, they essentially have the same squads last season, like Fred mm-hmm. Van Vliet, uh, uh, Kyle um, Lowry, and Serge Ibaka and company, and, and you know and uh, uh, Marcus Saul. Still coached by Nick Nurse, still run well by Masai Jury. You know they're 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 a hell of a franchise. They're a great franchise. Yeah. And, and how about them, we averaging eighteen a game? Sorry. Oh, oh, oh no, go ahead, go ahead. I'm 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 done. Oh no, I just said how about Van Fleet averaging eighteen a game? I mean, guy, yeah. the guy starting yeah. right now, the shooting guard is insane. Yeah, and he was undrafted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I mean. Goes to show you, man. Toronto knows what that franchise knows know, knows what the hell it, it, it's doing. I mean, it's it's really wow. I mean, I, I'm just shot that Toronto right now. It, I'm really am. I really, really am. But you know, my biggest disappointment has to be the Sixers. 
to have all that talent and be, I mean, albeit they're still in the playoff run, obviously, right? They're still mm-hmm. several games above 500. But they have the talent to beat Milwaukee. They have the talent to be above Toronto and Boston and Miami right now. And for them mm-hmm. to be mired in the sixth hole, the five hole rather, behind those four teams, it's insane. I, I mean, I would put them to, 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 to be in the finals, you mm-hmm. know, and for them to play so far, like, under their, 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 their playing weight, if you will, it's disappointing. You know, I, I, I hate to say this, dude. I, I'm not – I try not to be a hot take guy. Mm-hmm. But I don't. It would shock me if one of the big two had to move on. That is Joel Embiid and Ben or Ben Simmons. That one of those guys has to be moved. I think to make this really work because it's, I mean, Bill, I mean, Bill, Bill Simmons. Uh, Ben Simmons can't shoot. He's, this is the third or fourth year league, uh, year in the league, and he still has to be developed a jump shot beyond ten feet. Joel Embiid plays like a two guard instead of. A five, you know, he's unstoppable in the post. But he likes to hang out on, on the perimeter, and they don't cover each other all that well. And Al Horford, I just he just doesn't fit. And mm-hmm. so I don't I don't know what needs to be done for the Sixers to to move forward. I mean, I think one of those guys again out of Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons have a, it needs to be moved. And I think and I'm leaning more towards Embiid having to be moved at this point. Yeah, wow. I mean, I would, I'd probably lean towards Simmons, but I, I definitely get what you're saying. And that, and the only reason I'd lean towards Simmons is because I feel like Embiid has, is more of the established face right now of that franchise. But, um, right. no, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying. I think, I don't know if it's, I think we've never seen Embiid though matched with, I think, a point guard who can really create and get his own shot and not that Ben Simmons can't create but he's just he's a facilitator you know more so than than a guy that that can get his own shot so I I I just I don't know if you if Embiid would do better with somebody that can um really fill up the point column more than the the entire stat sheet across the board right yeah I mean who knows who who, who the hell knows but they're disappointing. I mean, I, I think the first time was going to drop and will fall would be like the uh, coach being fired first. Brett, uh, mm-hmm. that's last name. Um, but I, I think he's going to be the first to go, and then I guess the rest of the team they they have to uh, they, they have to do something to create because they have poor chemistry and uh, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, and, and, and one last thing is just a bonus. Um, Brooklyn. Some people consider them a disappointed a disappointment. Uh, I think they're right where they will that, that they're supposed to be. You know, mm-hmm. they don't have Kevin Durant. Kyrie's in and out of the lineup. He's not the best leader in the mm-hmm. world. He's in the lineup. So I mean, they're still in the playoff hunt. They're still they're in the seventh spot. They're below 500 right now. But I think Brooklyn will get a little bit better as as long as uh, Kyrie is out of the lineup, unfortunately. But I think once they get KD back in the fold. I, I, I think that'll take the leadership pressure off of uh, Kyrie, and I think they'll be much improved next season. So uh, I tell them to say that Brooklyn is, was where I, I thought they would be begin at the beginning of the season, and, you know, that they'll, they'll, they'll be mired in mediocrity until Andy comes back healthy. 
So moving along to the uh, NBA All Star Game, the All Star Weekend, it's been mm-hmm. pretty exciting, man. I mean, I'm I was I'm, I'm disappointed in myself that I missed it because I figured that you know the the, the uh, slam dunk contest would be shitty at best, but it turns to be pretty good, <laughs> albeit they had a BS kind of ending. Uh, <laughs> I thought Eric Gordon got robbed, uh, but at any rate, um, no Aaron Gordon. I'm sorry, Aaron Gordon got robbed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, to 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 take to dunk over a seven foot five dude in Taco Fall and not get a perfect score across the board is just. Um, mm-hmm. But the three point contest, dude. How about Buddy Hill coming from behind on the last rack to beat Devin Booker? That was pretty cool, right? And um, oh no, that was you know that, that awesome, yeah. yeah, it was pretty awesome. So so at least I mean the good news about the three at least the three point contest is you got star players playing it. I mean, they're not superstars, mm-hmm. but I think they're star players. And, you know, so so at least they, the NBA still keeps getting that right. You yeah. know, the slam dunk contest, I guess it is what it is now. I mean, what dunks have have you not seen? You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and I guess it's for younger stars to be in it. I just wish that I had more star power. Even though I did love uh, Pat, um, I can't pronounce his last name. He, he plays for uh, the Washington. He used to play for the Yeah. I like this white man can't jump get up. Um, that was pretty cool. I think he got Robert. Yeah, oh yeah, he's that's funny. That's not <laughs> but, um, yeah, so um, at least at least that was cool. And, and last but not least, the NBA All Star Game itself. I love the tribute to Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Team Twenty Four, Team Two. I really love that. Uh, still can't believe he's gone, but at any rate. Um, but and I love how they did the untimed for a fourth quarter. You know, add 24 mm-hmm. points to whoever had the most points and whoever's the first of that wins. And I saw the intensity pick up because of that because they were playing for charity. And so I I, just, I, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was a cool weekend. So what are your thoughts on the NBA All-Star weekend? Yeah, definitely. Um, first off, just the, the one event you didn't mention, the skills challenge, I I think I'm yeah. for them to get away with the skill, like just get away with the skill challenge, get away from it. Excuse me. Um, not that uh, it's nice to see the big men beat the point guards and it's fun, um, <laughs> but I I right. don't know. I think it's just it's just kind of a it's it's a kind of a boring start, which I guess is okay. People are still settling down to 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 watch it, and uh, I think the first year they had it, I thought it was really cool. And then every year after that, it's kind of been like, all right, let's just, you know, get get on with it. Um, but, you know, it, it was cool to see all the point guards lose in the first round, I guess. Um, the three-point <laughs> contest, uh, I wish that I had uh, – I wish I had tweeted that Buddy Heald was my pick. I actually went over to my parents' house and watched the, the All-Star stuff with my dad. Um, and I told him that I thought Buddy Heald would win, and so it was cool when he pulled it out. And, um, I – you know, they always tweak things and like the Mountain Dew three point balls. I, I was fine with it, but there's part of me that's like always, there's always this tension between me of like being a purist of, hey, just keep it how it's always been. And oh, I like the, the new change. All in all, it doesn't matter. Um, Joe Harris did kind of mess up his rhythm because he forgot it was there, uh, but I, he wasn't going to win anyway. Um, right. Yeah, I think uh, Buddy Heald, I think, is really starting to emerge this year as being an elite three-point shooter in this league, which uh, so it's cool to have him put his name on that. And then as far as the dunk contest was concerned, 
it was it was for me i think one of the best dunk contests ever so it sucked that it ended in such a such a um uh, just a uh, a bitter i won't even call it bitter sweet uh just like a bitter fashion you know where i think everybody felt like gordon should have won you mentioned his jump over taco fall i mean the guy had done five straight 50 dunks and it, with no disrespect to the, to jones who won it uh, his first dunk wasn't that great. He pushed off the back of Adebayo. So, you know, he got in uh, past Connington. He got into the final by one point. And, Con- and uh, Jones missed his first dunk. Connington didn't miss his first dunk. And I feel like skill and, and execution were similar. So uh, so I feel like there's – Kenny Anderson kind of said in, in the broadcast, and I agreed with him completely, he said, I think there should have been a dunk off between – Connaughton and Jones, if we were being fair, and to get to the final. But regardless, I think Jones was definitely deserving of being in the final. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. it's hard because he did he did so many things that made me like just my jaw drop, you know, in that sure. final round. But the fact that Aaron Gordon was answering it every time and head to head, you had to say Gordon was the more consistent of the two. Um, I think right. is what made the end the end of it uh, controversial. And and I think, too, I think the judges were just very, like, way too liberal on the scoring as far as giving right. out 50s because it got to the point where they almost had to give out 50s and then to then to then give three nines on the taco fall dunk. And it's like, well, by comparison of everything I you can't give believe 50s that. to tonight. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I, I don't know. And, and Common had said afterwards, which I think caused more controversy, that the judges were trying to make it end in a tie. And if that's true, then we have to be yeah. led to believe that five people couldn't figure out how to add to 50 or somebody just made a mistake. <laughs> um, you, I play, I can play the right. conspiracy theorist card and be like, yo, Dwayne Wade was trying to give it to his old teammate Jones from Miami. Um, that's, yeah. I, I, that's what I thought that night. I was kind of, uh, ticked at Dwayne Wade, but it's all for fun anyway. Um, as far right. as the game itself, uh, I think the the battling each quarter for charity I thought was an awesome element because it made it made the guys want to try to win the quarter. It made every quarter like a mini game. Uh, so at no point did you, did you see the lackluster, you know, just kind of taking it easy. Um, game pace of, of what we've seen or typically see in all-star games or where, you know, where they try to then bring out their Harlem Globetrotter moves because the game is, you know, secondary to, to the entertainment. And um, so getting right. away from that and making it really competitive, I thought was great. I think fans loved it. And then the Elam ending, um, which had been utilized in the TBT uh, where you had that set score at the end and the teams had to compete to get to it. Um, I think it was a lot of fun. Right. Now, I have heard people suggest, like, hey, let's make all basketball like that. That Elam Indy was so exciting. Let's do this in the regular season. I'm definitely not for that at all, but I think I love it for right. an exhibition-style setting. Yeah. And I think it was, I Perfect. think it worked perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. That's the exhibition thing only, right? All-star games or whatever. But, yeah, just leave the regular season games and playoff games alone. <laughs> just don't think. Right, right. I just didn't like the fact that they could end on that, that they could end on the free throw. You know, the, like those type of games mm-hmm. can end on the free throw. I think they should make it like twenty-one, kind of win by two. Uh, that's that's why I, I wish that that 
because I don't, I just don't. Winning a game like that on, on a free throw, that, I don't know about that. But at any rate, maybe just all maybe if you also. Oh yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. And I was gonna say maybe if you get to that, you know, uh, that set score, that twenty-four. Maybe if you get to that on a free throw, mm-hmm. you say, okay, well, that doesn't count. So, you know, first team to twenty-four, and then maybe next bucket wins. You know, that kind of thing. Now, that's one one last thing about the that the also weekend. Speaking of dunk contest, that dunk that Aaron Gordon. Another reason why I think he got screwed. That 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 one dunk he had, um, where he caught it off the side of the backboard and mm-hmm. did a three sixty. That yeah. was woo, woo. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. And I'm that glad you I'm glad you mentioned it because I wanted to bring it up because like that's that was one that you we had never seen before. That was insane, and to to take it from him after that, yeah, I just. I don't know. He, he he deserves to have at least one trophy totally in the two wrong. dunk contests he's been in, for sure. Yeah. He should have more than one. He should have at least three. Um, but, but one last thing before we close the segment with you, brother. You heard about um, uh, uh, Dan, uh, 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 Dan uh, uh, former Cleveland coach, head coach, uh, Beeline. Yeah, um, yeah. Quitting. Um, go to show you that nine times out of ten, um, um, uh, college coaches do not work in the NBA, um, with the mm-hmm. exception of like you know, like like I said, with, with, uh, with the exception of the guy in OKC used to coach in Florida. Um, mm-hmm. It just was a it was just a dumpster fire from the start, man, all the way from training mm-hmm. camp in the summer league. So mm-hmm. do you do we is it? I haven't been a down, but would any college coach work in the NBA, or it just is what it is? You know, I think, I think, I think that I mean Brad Stevens has worked, you know, phenomenally. Yeah, uh, coming yeah. from Butler to yeah. the Celtics, and I think there are examples like right. Brad Stevens, like you mentioned, Billy Donovan being in Oklahoma City from Florida, and you know, and Billy Donovan isn't that young, but he's still young. I think, not to make it all about age, but I think that I think that it does play a role because I think that. At a certain point, you know, younger coaches are going to be able to adjust to uh, the egos and the type of players they're going to see in the NBA that they wouldn't necessarily confront in college. I think the stupidity behind the John Beeline hire is that you're bringing in a guy that's 67 years old. So you're bringing in a guy that is very set in his ways. I think um, not to be, you know, biased against old people, and this isn't like an ageism argument, you know, but. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he comes from an older school mentality where, and they said he treated the job as a drill sergeant, and it just players tuned out. And, you, um, and I think younger coaches like Stevens, they're already coming in. They had a player's coach when they were in college, like player's coach mentality when they were in college. You could see it in the way that they interacted with guys. Um, it, it was, and and so they're able to make that transition to the NBA. So I think, I think younger coaches, I mean, Fred Hoiberg was a younger coach. He had some success in the NBA. He's now back in college. Um, but I definitely, I definitely think you have to be able to, to have more of a player's coach mentality um, when you make that transition in order to be successful coming from the college game to the NBA. Because at one point, Beeline called his players thugs and then said, no, I meant slugs, and then all the players reportedly in the yeah. ASL report, they were playing songs that had the word thug in it to kind of troll 
exactly. line. So <laughs> there, there's a divide. There's a divide in the locker room. It makes sense that he quit because he was probably miserable. They were probably miserable. Um, I think that, you know, I think J.B. Bickerstaff, I would love to see Cleveland give him an opportunity to, to, to have, have that job full time. Uh, going forward, he's been right. an assistant in the league for a long time. He's had a lot of interim opportunities. I'd love to see him be the guy. Um, but, but yeah, I think I, th- I just think you don't hire 67 year old as his first chance ever at the NBA because at this point, yeah. it's it's just too it's too late, you know. And um, being a drill sergeant works with 18 year old kids, um, but it doesn't work with. Uh, I mean, I know there's 18 year old kids in the NBA. Let's say it doesn't work with 18 year old kids who have 100 million dollars. Yeah. Um, right. Right. You got. You got. <laughs> you have to have flexibility, and and I don't. I don't think he had that. So. Yeah, it's you know what, man. Cleve has been a dumpster fire period outside of uh, LeBron James being there to both stinks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they hadn't gotten the coaching hiring right. They hadn't gotten the, the drafting right. They. They haven't got anything right. <laughs> but hey, they just traded for a guy that's top three in the league in in rebounds and steals, number one in rebounds, number three in steals. That made a lot of sense to to get Andre Drummond go. here late in the year. <laughs> so, yeah, and and even then he was like so disenchanted with the coach, so John Beeline. But oh, this is crazy. Um, I, I I lied to you a little bit. I, I meant to ask you one more thing about the NBA before yeah, for the sure. segment. Um. Like the rookie, I love this rookie class, man. I love this rookie class. Ja Morant, uh, Zion Williamson. The also mm-hmm. has guys like Kendrick Nunn. He's like averaging mm-hmm. 15 points per game. Hachimura, averaging uh, averaging close to 14 points a game. Eric Paschal for Golden State, averaging a little bit 13 points a game. Tyler Hero. Average of 30 points a game as well. I mean, they have a lot of great rookies in this class, man, even though a lot of the shine is going to Morant, uh, Morant rather than Williamson, and understandably so. But I, I think that the, 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 the league is in great hands going forward with this rookie class. Not having even gotten to DeAndre Hunter, P.J. Washington, or Kobe Wright, um, mm-hmm. Brandon Clark as well. Uh, but basically, who are you, who, who's your rookie of the year right now? I mean, uh, I think it's got to be Morant just for where the Grizzlies are at. And I think they're unexpected. They were unexpected to be there. And, you know, more or less, I know he, you know, they definitely have other guys like Jackson, other young guys that are contributing, Brooks. But I I think he is essentially the face of the franchise right now. And, and yeah, I know Zion Williamson is as well. And I think, honestly, with how Zion has looked at times, which has been absolutely unworldly, I would probably say him, but he hasn't played all year. You know, we've had such a small sample size of Zion. Yeah. Yeah. And so at this point, because he's been there all year and because he has a team right now, at least, we'll see how the the year finishes out, if they're able to hold on to that eighth spot or maybe even climb. Um, just because of where he has Memphis, I think I, I have to I have to go with John Morant. Uh, just a, one more note with Morant, an unfortunate, uh, I guess, uh, <clears throat> side effect of how the dunk contest ended, Morant kind of alluded to the fact that, hey, they did Aaron Gordon so so wrong. I don't think I ever want to be in this thing. And I think Morant yeah. is I mean, he would be he would be insane in a dunk contest. The guy is just guy I mean he's yeah, just incredibly yeah. uh, incredible athleticism. Yeah. It's too bad because 
I mean, again, I, he agrees with the rest of the world. Aaron Gordon got screwed. Again, got screwed again. Um, but anyway, yeah, I have to give it to Moran as well, dude. I mean, I did not expect this. I mean, I love the kid when he was at Murray State. I was paying attention mm-hmm. to him then when he got more and more shine in his sophomore year. Um, uh-huh. It's hard to believe. Well, two things. It's hard to believe that he was lightly, so lightly recruited. There's another mm-hmm. shocker that he wasn't recruited by Clemson, which is in his backyard, essentially. Um, so that, that, that just still baffles me to this day. He's on the same AAU team as South Carolina as Dion. So coaches have to know about this kid. Maybe he was a late Right. Player. I don't know. Point is, right. he's doing this thing now. And good for Murray State and good for and good for Morant. He'll have that chip on his shoulder. Um, right. I'm really impressed though with the Heat's rookies, Tyler Hero and, and and Kendrick Nunn. They are really really playing well. They they're a big reason why Miami Soap is is balling out of control right now. Um, and and they're only going to get better. And they got a good guy and Jimmy Butler to help them get better. I mean. I mean that's I still go back to that 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 spirited acquisition man. That's what a godsend for the Heat. And then they could draft well on top of that. They, they, they the future's bright, man. I mean, I mean they're going to be a okay as far as I, I'm concerned. Um, yeah. So um, yeah. So this should be a, a exciting uh, second half of the year. I, I think that um, like I, I still think the West's going to come down between the two LA teams. But mm-hmm. I think the East, I think the East is going to close the gap. I think I see some teams close the gap on Milwaukee, um, you know, going forward. Even though I think Milwaukee's still in the class of the East, but they have to prove it to me in the playoffs. But I wouldn't be so surprised. I wouldn't be shocked to see Boston or Toronto make some major noise in the East in the second half of the season, as far as that goes. It's a, it's pretty wide open this season in mm-hmm. the year, and, and I love it. I'm sure you do too. No, for sure, and I and I agree with you. And um, you know, if the Sixers can can somehow climb, uh, their home their home record is so good compared to the road record. They're twenty. <laughs> I think let me look at twenty five and two at home. So they can if if they can climb a little bit, they can make some noise in the playoffs. But they you talk you touch on it. They've got to get the chemistry issues figured out. And I agree. I think right now Boston and Toronto are, are proving to be the biggest threats to Milwaukee. Exactly. Hey, man, we're going to talk to the NBA throughout the season, so I hope to have you and, and of course, Jared back on uh, as, as usual. Just you, you, my NBA guys, and uh, I'm going to keep coming to you, so be prepared. But uh, take care and have a good night, brother. All right. Thanks, Scott. I'll see you. You got it. That's my man, Kevin McCune. Um, he's from the Weekend Adjustments uh, Sports Show here on WMOH, 1450 AM. Uh Saturday, like like every Saturday morning, um, they're in highest right now, but they're going to get back in the saddle. I hope to be listening to them and contribute to the show as well. So I'm going to close this segment, I mean, this show, on what's been going on with the Houston Astros and Rob Manfred just sticking his foot inside his mouth again. He's been having a rough go of it, man. First of all, that soft-ass punishment levied upon the Houston Astros is of the cheating probe. They're called dead ass red handed. You know, I mean, it's like the team cheats epically on the way to a World Series win. Telling the bat- batters what pitch is coming, right? So, how do you punish a team like that? 
Do you black sock scan on them? I mean, you know, just put a big-ass asset on the title? Nope. Hand down one-year suspensions to just the manager and general manager. Only have them fired by Astros' owner shortly thereafter. Find the team $5 million, which is sure it's the largest allowed in the, in, in, in the measurement of the Constitution. But $5 million, still being there, it's like five bucks to me. It, it's, it's nothing. They took away the multiple draft picks. That was the, probably the toughest part about it because draft picks are the lifeblood of any major league baseball team, especially how it pertains to the uh, farm system. But to give the players immunity for essentially ratting out the manager and general manager and come to find later on uh, Alex Corr, who was, who was a bench coach at the time, the 2017 season, who essentially was, I guess, the mastermind behind the whole damn thing, it's ludicrous. You got to send a message. Anytime you have shit like that go down, I said it once back then, I'll say it now, you have, if you're Brock Manfred, you have to, Manfred, you have to send a message. And he didn't do it. And then, as if that wasn't bad enough, he had the audacity to say the players involved would be punished, quote, in the perfect world, right? And then the Mean the World series was trying to make the point of why, uh, um, you know, like a, of why he didn't punish the Astros players more, calling the, the World Series trophy, quote, a piece of junk. Uh, are you serious? A piece of metal, rather. Are you serious? Are you serious? So basically, you have people like Justin from Justin Turner, third baseman of the Dodgers, uh, John Lester, the starting pitcher of the Cubs, just calling him out, many more calling him out. It, all to make a stupid ass uh, rhetorical point about possibly stripping the Astros of the 2017 championship. All right. Uh, look, Manfred, I know you want to do a good job for the for, like, like for the league. I know you're trying to work away back from that, from that saying that stupid ass thing. You apologize for it. That's great. You owned it. Fine. But here's a memo to you, bro. A, take a chill pill. B, regroup. And B, and C, develop a bit of self awareness moving forward. And also, D, stop putting your head up your ass and let Pete Rose into the Hall of Fame and stop banning him. Because that's just, I mean, if you're going to go light on Pete, on, on, on the Houston Astros cheating, you got to let Pete Rose, you got to let, let the watch time ban on Pete Rose unless that's in the Hall of Fame. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, that's enough of my rant. I mean, I, I if the, the more the Yankees fans right here talks about the Houston Astros, the more pissed off, I guess. So stop cussing people, stop cussing folk out. I'm the show. So anyway, thank y'all for tuning in to the podcast, The Clown Hour. This is Scott Berg signing off. Oh, sticks. Peace. Good night.